The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. to The Real Pod. I've just had a coffee and I'm ready to go. My name's Janie. I'm joined by Duncan Grieve. How are you, Dunk? I'm good. I'm, I'm, I've got like a sort of a sad third of a coffee, like oh, the no. end of the filter machine, but um, I'm caffeinated. I just wanted to really bring it, but I'll, I'll just do my best on my high on life, you know? Can I ask you if you did the right thing and put on another coffee? No, but Toby... Because I, I had a podcast to do, and Toby said that he'd do it. Oh, that's and good. this is good. <laughs> domestic life at the spin-off. <laughs> We're just doing, like, office housekeeping. Uh, you're welcome. Um, this is your reality TV and real life in New Zealand podcast. We are recapping The Bachelor NZ in deep detail. And if you're in the Mass AU camp, don't worry, because Alex and I have committed basically our lives to watching and recapping that and that will be dropping in as a special bonus pod later this week but right now should we explain why we're sort of together oh why we're fractured yeah Duncan and and Alex have had a big falling out yeah (laughs) no I I, I much so enjoy you I think there's a special special bond and the listeners expect okay so here's the deal We normally do this podcast, the three of us, Alex, Duncan and myself, Uh, but Alex actually worked on The Bachelor NZ and therefore is contractually not permitted to talk about it on our lovely podcast. Just can't trust herself either. No, no. And she's got like a terrible poker face. She can't even sit in the room while we're talking about it. She gives too much away. So that's why she's not here. But if the last season of The Bachelor franchise was anything to go by, it will be just a matter of weeks before it's all wrapped up and done. So she'll be back. And we'll all be together and it will be lovely. So just bear with us during this difficult time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. That's what the people needed. Okay, let's get into some real news. Right, the only real news I really have for you, because I've been busy and haven't done my homework, is uh, just a little recap of where Hamish and Nexia are up to. Oh, I'm, I want this. Okay, so they're like all ready to move in together in Mount Monganui, um, if, you know, to enjoy the, the rest of their lives together, hopefully. That'd be nice. Can you believe it? I'm still, I'm still shocked. <laughs> Everything about it is... You know how po- sort of post-COVID, like any strange thing, you sort of like, oh, you can kind of attribute it to 
to the disorientating effects of a global pandemic and having to do life on Zoom or something. It feels like that result and then the continued, like you just, oh, that just is very post-pandemic that that's what's happening. Yeah, well, that's what's happening. <laughs> and um, during the time that the show was on air, of course, they had, wanted to hang out and spend time with each other because they're in the early phases of new love. And to do that, they had to avoid being spotted together. So um, he grew a moustache and she was wearing a blonde wig around and about. Like they went to music festivals together and stuff. Wow. I know. Like they really wanted to hang. But this was prior to it airing. Yeah, and during it airing I think as well. Man, that's because normally it's just a full uh, lockdown, if you'll pardon the pun. They just, just sort of stay at home and eat pizza and what have you. The fact that they ventured out in disguise is quite quite. <laughs> did you watch The Americans? Um, I watched like not all of season one. Oh, I, I watched it all and love it. And it's notable for extraordinary wigs. Yeah. Uh, you know, it feels like there's, there's, there's a level of. Uh, what, I think you, if you got comfortable going out, going out in a wig and realizing that you couldn't be recognised, it's, it's just it's got good Cold War Cold War vibes, <laughs> that, that, uh, which is not exactly what I associated with Hamish and Lexi. Yeah, well, they've been to a lot of places. They've been travelling around, taking lots of photos. They're having a good time. So good on them! Congratulations, guys. <laughs> also, Lexi did a did a message to the Cornies, which what? is cute. What? Yeah. So, if you want to see that, she's done a little video message. One of the Cornies is friends with Lexi. She kept Stom the entire time that the show was on air, which was very controlled of her. But she did manage to get a little video recorded and pop that in the corner. So, the corner is our uh, like discussion group about all things that happen on the podcast and many, many other things besides. And you can get there by going to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash real pod corner. And there are really no barriers to entry anymore. All in really? sundry. Welcome in. Yeah. I've, I've taken out the questions. I miss it. I just want to know why you're there. That's all. Okay. So come along. Before we continue, a quick word from Jane. Kia ora, this is Jane and I've got a job alert for you. We're looking for an amazing social media manager for the spin-off and our sister studio, Daylight Creative. The role is based in Auckland and it's full-time. It involves applying social strategy for both brands as well as managing and creating social content. For more information or if you're just ready to go ahead and apply, visit thespinoff.co.nz forward slash social. And I hate to rush you, but you've got to be quick because applications close this Friday, the 12th of March at midday. So off you go and sort out your cover letter. But yeah, please do that because that that person will be our colleague, whoever gets that job. And I feel like someone who listens to RealPod is just disproportionately likely to know the person. I feel like it's this mystery that's out there. Like, who, who are they? Yeah. We've got to find them. I think I'm conceiving of jobs wrong. <laughs> That's basically where I'm at. The corner's just the new seek. Yeah. Okay. Um, actually, while we're doing little plugs, I want to talk about Remember When, which is our new short form podcast. And short form is a fancy way of saying short. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it sound fancy. Yeah, I like it. We're a very professional set up here now. So th- it's basically just a, a, a little chat between mates here at the spinoff talking about things that we remember from our youth. Uh, and people seem to be really enjoying it. So I think you guys will probably like it. Things we've talked about so far, uh, we've had a great discussion about um, the era of buying CDs. There's been a really popular one about Slenderman, uh, also All You Can Eat Pizza Hut and so on. There's, there's two new apps dropping each week. 
just head along to the Spinoff Podcast page and you'll find it there. We'll just search Remember When in Spotify or Apple Pods or what have you. Okay, let's get into Reality Check. I am disgusted at how much you have copied my husband. <laughs> Reality Check. All right, let's dig deep. Bachelor NZ week two. We start off with Sabby going home. Any feelings about that? Do you remember who she is? She brought the chilies. I got nothing. Okay, that's fine. I mean, she got nothing either. Okay, well, Luke had the single day, which was... That was nice. That was nice. Actually, that was the only memorable thing about the episode was just how sweet and unaffected their conversation is and, and how kind of new it feels, like to Samoan people talking about, you know, like life as a Pacifica person in New Zealand. That That's not very sort of 7.30 p.m. on, on TVNZ2, certainly not in a non-sort of stagey part of a bad drama kind of thing. Yeah, and I just want to give props to Lou as well because he took her out on a jet ski She's scared of open water and cannot swim. And she didn't even play that card with him. She didn't, like, come up and be like, oh, I'm terrified, so that he'd, like, put his arm around her and give her some reassurance. She just went and bloody did it. Lou just rocks. The only thing is it just wasn't as dramatic as it could have been. Like, they really played, like, one little wobble mm. for just immense drama and tension. That was the fact that it was just resolved almost immediately. Like, you don't get an ad break out of that. Come on. Well, they had to do something, right? They need to get better at creating tension, I guess. I think that the big the big issue with this show, just to kind of zoom the hell out, is that they have recruited a bunch of lovely people who are mostly lovely to each other. And there's just... And the, the few sources of tension they had, they evicted very early on, which... I don't know. It, feel, it feels like they've swung from, like brutal kind of uh, engineered tension, bad kind of human rights abuse <laughs> era bachelor of, of like 10 minutes ago, not the previous season, but just all all sort of se- seasons to this point to like this kind of lovey-dovey, let's all hang out. And it's like, well, that's fine. Good for them. Not good TV. Not good for my telly. Yeah. My favourite shot in this whole date was when Lou took over control of the jet ski and Moses was clutching onto her behind and he it was just all her hair. <laughs> he just had a face full of her hair and she was completely oblivious to it and I loved it. <laughs> it's like he may as well not have been there. It's good, it's good. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the house, the gals are playing tennis. So this is a repeat of handball from Bachelorette wherein they all decide amongst themselves that whoever wins the great tennis tournament is going to be granted uninterrupted time with Moses at the cocktail party. Now, that's obviously a producer thing because they haven't seen The Bachelor yet. They don't, they don't come up with this on their own. But it, but it also has the feel of them going a little wild, you know, like just cooped up at home, not enough activities, not enough production help, just sort of, I guess this is how we'll make the show. It's a little bit Lord of the Bachelor flies. It was also a little bit unfairly skewed to someone who has any type of skill in tennis, i.e. not me. If I was there, I'd be like, this is bullshit. There's no way I'm even in the top ten here. I'm not getting time with Moses. I may as well just sit this out. Yeah, it, 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 it wasn't great. Viewing. What about like a crossword challenge or something, you know? <laughs> a crossword. I just don't know how great that's going to be televisually, Jane. But it's more even for me. <laughs> even for me. I skewed towards things you're good yes, at. Is, I love that expression, <laughs> even for me. 
Um, I love all the fears that are coming out. Like there's the um, Nikki's got a fear of flying balls. So yeah. she's like triggered by the tennis challenge. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, Steph was quite competitive. She lost her round and threw down her racket McEnroe style and stormed off the court, which I loved. Uh, I think, she, you know, there might be a chance that Steph might provide some drama later. I hope so. She's got like a tiny bit of crazy in the eyes. Steph? Yeah. We, we need to have it from somewhere. In the end, it was Shanae versus Cyrus, and Cyrus won. Quite handily. Cyrus has got its sports. Yeah. Lou and Moses had some yummy cheese. So I'm, I'm basically going in chronological order of what aired on the telly. And did you notice the, the orb on the cheese board? I didn't, but I did notice... Which, so we'll get to the orb. You can explain well, I've got me. nothing else to add except for there was like a there glistening. I'm assuming it was some kind of cheese and I want it. But <laughs> Moses had just like a giant yeah. hunk of cheese and no cracker. And it, like it was the most normal thing in the world, which A, yum, and, and it should be, but B, it's not. But and also it deserves sort of remarking upon. It also kind of like once you've got your hands on a slab of cheese and you're eating directly from it, especially in a COVID era, but that's basically saying this is my cheese and you're not having any. Like he had, a, he had like he clearly picked up a whole chunk of cheese off the board. He hadn't like sliced off some. I thought he was just eating the cheese alone. He was, but he just like picked up the whole thing and started gnawing on it. If Lou had wanted some of that cheese, she basically has to go. Can I have some of that stuff? You stick your fingers all over, please. Mm. Uh, and but he did. He did think that the theory. He had the theory that like you take a bite of cheese and you take a bite of cracker, and it's it's all essentially the same vibe. Anyway, oh, this is a buzzy guy, to, <laughs> to be honest. Like he's he's got the the that that kind of um, love languages. Like he, I think he's into a bunch of kind of new agey wellness shit. Like, yeah, but what? just like t- dipping his toes in, right? Like yeah. he's not fully. He's got a, like a he's. Just testing a little bit of it all. I think he's just really open to kind of random crap, which yeah. is a very sort of modern thing. And, and far be it from me not to be into random crap. And kind of good to be open to random crap if you're coming on The Bachelor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she gets a rose. She opened up about losing her partner, which is obviously a really touching moment. Um, and gets a rose because, I mean, you're not going to not after that, right? Call me cynical. Uh, and I was really disappointed that they, they didn't play the giant Jenga that was stacked up behind them. I have a problem with giant games. <laughs> You've got a lot of problems. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> I just think that they. Who plays them? Children? No, yeah, well, they're not children. Stag, they're t- stag dudes? T- was that ever going to be good telly, them playing Giant Jenga? No. Mm. Well, this didn't air it. Okay. Um, there was a group date of a, a, like a selfie scavenger hunt. Did you enjoy this? No. Neither. A bit boring. The, the only thing I enjoyed really in the first sort of one and a half episodes was um, the the lukewarm cacao. Oh ceremony. my god, that was so like, that made up for everything. That made up for everything. It felt like the the scavenger hunt felt like a um, a tourism like sponsor obligation. But it was actually a Suzuki sponsor obligation. Right. Well, maybe a bit of both. You know. Um, so they just had to run around getting selfies at various locations. Um, Chanel and Steph forgot to get selfies which was quite good. There was Kayla had, and Nikki were in the back of the car, like, freaking out. And then Kayla was just like, we just need to take a moment. They have, like, a little zen moment at the back of the car. Um, Kayla's incredible. Kayla, both incredible and dominates every scene just but with her weirdness, but also somehow felt underutilised by the production. Totally. So the thing with this challenge is they get to the end. They've all got three locations. 
And so then they're like, it's like production have gone, shit, we didn't account for there being <laughs> the a three-way tie. A tie yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, well, you guys need to choose who wins. And they throw it to the, the contestants to choose. And because Chanel and Steph hadn't had much time and they were on the same team, they hadn't had much time with Moses up to this point, um, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Negan was like, you know, you guys, it's, it's got to be one of you two. And then Chanel was like, well, Steph, you have it. It was all just like, again, very nicey nice. But that's the problem, right? Like th- they had this potential source of tension and a chance for them to be annoyed at each other, but they've cast so all these like lovely people. Uh, so they just managed to find the right person and everyone was chill about it. Like I hate it. <laughs> I, I see a lot of nice people being nice to each other in our office. Do you? Yeah, sometimes. We just did a job ad, didn't we? Yeah, of course. Um, and it would be so boring on TV. Yeah, you know? it's true. A, an office-style um, documentary at the spin-off would be quite dull. <laughs> Insufferable. <laughs> uh, cocktail party, um, Chanel shoots. There's a lot of shot shooting going on, or at yep. least talk about shot shooting. Chanel XL hasn't had that time with Moses. Shoots her shot, and he's like, "Before the sun sets, we will have our moment." <laughs> Moses is a problem. Does he not realise that when girls ask to have time with him, he's supposed to go yes? <laughs> yeah, you must go yes right now. You mustn't go later because when you go later, they're probably never coming back from that rejection. No, because it feels like a rejection, even if it's not intended as such. It lands as a rejection, and they spend the rest of the time. And this has, like, happened on multiple occasions now. It's not like this is a, a new thing and he's learning the ropes. He just keeps doing it. Because the thing is, these girls have all watched The Bachelor in some form and they've seen how it works. And it's at the cocktail party, you ask for time, you get some time with the lead and make a connection. Has Moses watched I don't this think show so. before? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Doesn't seem to understand all the, uh, Just you the know, codes. yeah, the codes. Um, and then Kimmy, who did a similar thing last week, asked for time, and was still obviously a bit sore about the fact that he like turned her down in front of everyone. Asked him, "Have you ever shot your shot and had a girl say no?" And she was making like a bit of a dig at him, like, mm. "Do you not understand how we might feel?" And then he opens up about a rejection at age twenty-one, where he got turned down by a girl. He just, he just like missed the point completely. Yeah. Cyrus had that time that was promised and there was this awful stage mass exodus from... Well, when I say mass exodus, I enjoyed, it was like I enjoyed the mass exodus. <laughs> I enjoyed it too, but it wasn't convincing. No, but it wasn't meant to be convincing. I know. I, but, I, but I did think that Moses just got this... He's, I, I mean, we, we've talked about it before, but uh, you know, it is the same as Lucina, this kind of ability to ask questions under the guise of getting to know someone that are not that you've got prepped material for, and then to be sort of put out that they're off balance. And also when they ask absolutely anything about him, he's like, oh, look at you with the questions. Like, yeah. The, the show is get to know each other, not, you know, like auditioning. these. It's just it's just a weird dynamic. It is a weird dynamic. And think back to when Kimmy had her time with him, her very first time with him on that park bench, and he did open up about some stuff and she was like, whoa, you got deep. It's like that's what he does. Either he interviews them or he just randomly gushes about something about himself without then asking them. It's like one or the other. The thing is it would be nice if it was somewhere in between. It's just not a natural natural kind of even exchange. No. I reckon one of the problems with the show now is that Art is the host. You think all the girls are looking at art? No, going, I don't think it's actually a distraction for the woman, oh. but I think the fact of us all having watched that season, having someone constantly 
in scenes who was just an amazing bachelor and it was like a perfect season, it, it kind of, you can't help but contrast Moses's performance with yeah. arts. And especially coming back off the, off the back of Lexi's season as well, who was also brilliant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Moses probably isn't as bad as he appears, but because he's been juxtaposed with both Lexi and art, probably the two best men and women bachelors we've had he just he can't help but but suffer and doesn't get any chance to sort of learn the ropes. And we also have to bear in mind that Moses is somewhat of a celebrity. And so he is used to being interviewed. He is used to that formal sit-down kind of setting with cameras on. And that's probably the mode that he goes into, Yeah. even if he can't, you know, even if he's not aware of it, every time he's in that situation. So, I mean, that would be a hard habit to break. And it's, it's clearly not a natural environment to get to know someone. I wonder if it also makes him harder to produce or the producer's more reticent about kind of ordering him around the way they would a regular bachelor. He's probably got too much nails. There's, there's just something something kind of like, right? There's just something not not scanning about the interaction. Yeah, no, I agree. But, you know, we're still, still early-ish days. Um, what else happened? That time with Cirrus was like extremely awkward and not romantic at all. He then had some time with Chanel. That was kind of cute. They had a lot of giggling and exchanging of glances and that kind of thing. So I'm interested to see if he does have a connection with Chanel. Yeah, I like I like Chanel. Sarah's gets sent home. Um, Kimmy hasn't been on any dates. So no group dates, no one-on-one dates, and every other person there has been on at least one date, and some of them on multiple dates. So, so do you think, I mean, because she asked him point blank, do you choose who mm. goes on the dates? And he said yes, which I admire him for in a way. But that was obviously just tremendously difficult for for her to hear. Mm. And is his choice the result of producers kind of saying, look, you, you need to kind of have some people who are in-group, out-group, otherwise there's going to be no tension? Or is that just actually a lack of it and... Kind of torturing. I, I mean, that, there's obviously so much that goes on behind the curtain with these things that you can only really guess about. But I mean, you saw it most flagrantly with with Steph getting picked last those three times, yeah. and her. I mean, we'll, may, we'll we'll get to that. But there's some things he he's doing, which in the context of the show, verge on torture. Yeah, and I don't wholly believe that he decides who goes on all the group dates. Kind of can't be the case, right? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so in Bachelor Convention. I mean, I know that's not the case in the US version of the show. I, I imagine that there's some kind of guidebook on how to run these things. I just don't. I think it was the right answer for him to give because we're kind of damned if you do, if you're damned if you don't in that situation. Because if it's like no, well, they're never going to even show that, are they? So he's got to say yes. And then that's like, I've deliberately not chosen you. And his reason for not choosing her was that he wanted to take people who felt like would would wouldn't cope well with the pressure of not going on dates, or or that he knew, or was it that he sort of knew that they, he he felt like he knew less about them or whatever it was. Know. It's really messing up poor Kimmy, who yeah. seems lovely and seems like she's responding emotionally in an entirely predictable and fair way to to what some quite totally. ga- gaslighty <laughs> <laughs> situations. Um, now, Shanae, he's definitely got a connection with Shanae. Yeah. She talks about her um, her dad passing away and then losing her mum shortly thereafter and that she's the last living member of her family, which is incredibly sad. Yeah. 
uh, and they connect over that. But he does seem to just like really quite like her. He does. I I don't really know how to phrase this, but th- there's a lot of assumptions on the parts of the bachelorettes that she is essentially the likely winner, yeah. which doesn't come across through the screen in, in any respect. Well, I assume that's because if there is anything that's particularly obvious, they're not going to include it because they don't want to uh, take out all the tension of it being an actual competition, you know? But even down to the way that she responded to coming back to the cacao and meditation seemed quite sort of, it seemed like an overreaction, you know? And and uh, I agree. I thought that was like... like People are meditating. People don't just stop meditating. I, I don't know what meditating is. I've never really done it. But it seems like something you do until it's done, not something you just leap out of. But also, it's very much Kayla's thing, and the girls were being respectful to Kayla and mm. her practice. And so it would have been rude, just as rude, if not more so, for them to like leap up and make a big deal of Sinead when they were doing something uh, with Kayla that she'd organised. And Sinead just had a whole day, awesome day, got a rose. Do you really need the cherry on top of, like, the adulation of the group? You know, it just... It makes hmm. me wonder if there was already a sense about her at that point by by the other bachelorettes, as you say, that she's kind of a front-runner. Maybe she's already sensing some resentment amongst the other girls and has projected that onto that situation. Yeah, potentially. Anyway, but let's talk about the meditation circle. I loved it. I thought all the bachelorettes did so well not to laugh. They, some some of, them, of them did not <laughs> To a did, point. Yeah. <laughs> to the point that they drank the horrible concoction. It was so funny. <laughs> the edit on this was quite good. It was quite good, but it almost felt like it could have been better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like the material was so amazing. So the girls are all just sitting around with um, cups of cacao, um, expecting it to taste like hot chocolate. They're sitting there just waiting and waiting to drink it while Kayla goes through her ritual. And when they finally get to the moment that they can sup on the lovely nectar. It's, <laughs> it's heinous. disgusting. And they all at that point lose the plot and crack up. It was really good. But, I mean, Kayla's – that's the frustrating thing is, like, you're just looking for points of tension in the show. And Kayla being extremely into kind of hippy-dippy wellness culture – and sort of wanting to impose it on the group, felt like, oh that could that could we could ride that a while, and then immediately she's taken off the show for seemingly no reason. Mm, mm. Mm. Um, I, as you mentioned, Cyrus went home. I didn't really cover that, but anyway, um, Cyrus is she the climber? Yep. She the cl- yeah, she had a competition to go to. He saw that. Send her send her off to do some training. But it also <laughs> the way they edited it, she was like, yeah, I've got this important competition to go to and they cut away to Moses saying, oh, you know, people, have, they've made great sacrifices and then basically your sacrifice for nothing, <laughs> off, you, off you go, is, is, is how, it, how it felt. Oh, so I liked Sarah, so I thought she was cool. Well, she's gone, sorry. Yeah, goodbye. Group date is, um, and Paul from, Paul from Bachelorette turns up and everyone kind of responds as if they've seen the Bachelorette, which they haven't. Um, so they're all like, yay! But also... Just someone. Yeah, hot, ma- hot man, hot man, mm. lovely hair. Um, and again, I love the way production are making their dollars stretch. <laughs> I know, you're doing catering now. How about that amazing line when uh, they were told to clean the mansion? Oh, Did I you clock it. that? No. They were cutting away and, and someone said, oh, we, we've been told we've got to clean the mansion. And then Jodie Rimmer comes in and says, oh, you might think that they're relocating, but they're not. It's like, no, you just <laughs> have to do... 
the whole production yourself. I want to see. I want to see the contracts. I know. <laughs> you're, you're cooking and you're cleaning. Okay, so on this date, we've got Sam, Chanel, Devaney and Kayla. Um, Devaney's scared of fish, like really scared of fish. To be fair, so am I. She's like, if the guts come out of that, I'm going to spew. I don't know what she thinks happens when you cut open a fish, but the guts definitely come out, right? They make what look like a bunch of really delicious meals, to be honest. I don't think they made any of them, though. Isn't that the sort of... Really? But Paul, Paul cooked them. Did he make them all? I think he made them all. Oh, my God. Anyway, Sam wins with her lovely steak. Surf and turf. And then, yeah, and then she gets this time where this thing happens and it turns out that Moses has been going around asking everyone this. Who he thinks, who she, he asks her, who she thinks are the top five most compatible with Moses and then who are the bottom three in her opinion? Insane question to ask, insane question to answer. Just bonkers. What? Sam rolls with it, and she says, Lana, Steph, Kimmy, Sam, and, you know, if you're going on appearances, Sinead, or something like that. <laughs> it's the top five. Then bottom three, uh, Devaney because of her age, and also Chanel and Negan. Now, I just cannot believe that this is even happening. <laughs> it's just, it makes no sense at all that this is, like, I, I mean, in some ways, like, you want it happening. Yeah. You know, as a viewer and as production. But but not only to say it, but then to come back and happily chat about it and name who your choices were. Yeah. Wow. Well, so as soon as she went back and chatted with the others, I realised at that point that she was not the only person he asked about this. That's why she was happy to come and chat about it, because he had been asking other girls, and that became apparent in the next episode when he referenced it in his date with Lana. We'll get there in a moment. Uh, first of all, um, we, we kind of touched on Kimmy's conversation with him about picking the group dates and so on. But that time actually came about because Kimmy was sitting at the table and Moses was like, Kimmy, you're not being as vocal as usual. And then jokes about if she wants to go home. And obviously she gets upset. That's when we had our cliffhanger. Yeah. And But just if he's... If he really cares. Read the room. <laughs> take her aside. <laughs> like, it's not great to call people out in front of everyone else. And it's not even been called out for something bad. It's just like, if you think she's been quiet, there's probably a reason. Maybe just pull her aside at that point and check in on her. You know? I mean, the, 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 Everything's the sub- a jolly, jolly jester joke, you know? The hot subtitling would have been like, hey, Kimmy, can you stop being such a <laughs> downer buzz? You're killing the mood. We're trying to have a good time over here. You know, that's what the joke was about. <laughs> then when they're together in the one-on-one time um, and she's crying and she's like, she does like a cute little gag where she's like, oh, you're not supposed to cry until like date six. And he goes, is this a date? I and know. Like, come on, dude. Just go for the poor. I feel so bad for Kimmy. Honestly, just put her out of her misery and need to go home and be with people who give a shit, you know? But, so But awful. no, no, she has to hang around. Yeah. <laughs> We'll get to that. Um, Shivani pulls him up on using the word game in reference to this, this Shivani game. just lights him on fire. I mean, obviously, so during the week, uh, the spinoff um, broke the story of, of Shivani's past as an apparent kind of mask-denying, COVID-denying uh, person, which she, which she now, to her, to her credit, um, issued a statement disavowing but she – and so I'd sort of gone into it like I'm quite curious to see Savani yeah. through, through that lens because it was 
you know, it wasn't actually all that long ago that she was Instagramming that mask wearing was slavery. She absolutely lit him on fire yeah. for totally legitimate reasons. And it felt like the beginning of an insurrection when you start to ladder up the the Kimmy incident and yes. then uh, Steph, obviously what Steph was about to do. But she just didn't let up. And I was just imagining being Moses during that period where you have like the situation with Kimmy, mm. you know, Shivani kind of, uh, you know, like it's just. It's very full on. It's also interesting that the girls are all being lovely to each other, but they're quite getting starting to get quite confrontational with him. It feels a bit like the Jordan season. Yeah, you're right. It was interesting. I thought that Shivani uh, used the um, analogy of him needing to take more of a front seat rather than a back seat in his own journey, which really speaks to that him asking the girls who mm. their top five and bottom three are. Like, he's trying to leave it up to them who he ends up with. And Shivani's obviously I, spotting that. Can't outsource that decision. Um, no, that was, a, that was a great scene. And th- this, this final episode is, is, is the one that's made me go, actually, this could be a great season yeah. after all. Not for kind of standard bachelorette reasons, but because there's a little bit of mutiny going on. Yeah, yeah. I, fi- I find it funny how the women are always in two groups at the cocktail parties. It doesn't matter where they are. There's like <laughs> there's a, the two-group situation. I just think that's weird. Anyway, so this is during the rose ceremony. Oh, Steph d- declines the rose. Oh, of course. That's right. I knew she got a rose, but she declined it. So that's what you were alluding to. That's what I was alluding yeah. to because you were like, I wonder She's what, we'll see what happens here. But like, I don't know what, what you're trailing. You know? <laughs> it's almost like we're not properly prepped for this podcast. <laughs> almost. I just can't remember. I've been watching maths as well and it's all just soup in my head. <laughs> it is. It's too much. Steph's not the kind of girl to crawl after his coattail, by the way. I actually loved Steph rejecting it. Yeah, me too. I thought it was such... And, and, and I think it feels kind of telling that the... You know, two two of the three who went home during that like mass execution mm. were people who were basically called Moses on his bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Kayla because she forgot to pick her affirmation card. Yeah, which is harsh but fair. Yeah, you know? got to get yeah. your affirmation card. Um, they will have a cry, um, and, and someone says to someone, "It's so cute. Come on, little muffin, let's get a jumper on you." Which I just thought was very sweet. I don't know who it was who was cold, and I don't know who it was that was. Sorting out little muffin, but very sweet. Then Lana goes on a single date. Now, Lana is someone who, for no reason at all, I've wanted to know more of. She's just not been on camera pretty much this whole season. She had a nice little bench chat in Russell, but that's been yeah, about right. It. And I really like I like her voice. Lana's I don't great. know why. I really like her. Anyway, so they go horse riding. They have a lovely picnic with a dog in the background. They go horse riding without saddles. What's or, a or, st- or stirrups? No, they've got like a little cushion. Oh, my God. I was freaking out. I didn't even notice. Mm. They obviously both ridden horses before because that's not something you do without some experience. No stirrups. Terrifying. Um, anyway, they both survived. And then it's revealed that he's been asking everyone. That He was like, that's why I've been asking everyone who <laughs> the bottom three is. It was just such a cooked method. And then Lana was like, I wouldn't ask me. Which yeah. was just such a great line. She just got in there before he even had the chance. She's like, don't even think about it, Moses, you know? Lana just knows who she is yeah. and what she's about. She likes Moses. Yeah. Like she should probably win. I think they had like a really, they seem to have a very genuinely good time. Mm. He gives her a rose, she whacks him with it for being corny. It was just, you know, it was cute. Um, then we get on to the group date. The, the group the, date that wasn't, or it wasn't for the bachelorettes anyway, that we know of. It's Moses on a boat. 
Fresh meat. And then some fresh meat arrives. Four new women. There's Alana. So I want, it's, it's not Suzanne. 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 <laughs> Suzanne is so cool. She is so cool. I mean, she feels like I want to get her on the real pod. I want to know everything about Suzanne. Suzanne she's, is too good for Moses, too good for the, for the Bachelor. The, she's amazing. But she might not be too good for one of the other girls because she's leaving her options open, which that, I love. It's so cool. So Su- Suzanne, if you're not watching, um, is a Filipino New Zealander raised in an intensely Christian environment, Mm -hmm. tossed herself out of Bible college, not Mm -hmm. Bible school, at 18 upon realizing she was bisexual and has now founded like a rainbow inclusive church Mm. in inner city Auckland and is currently married and just on The Bachelor and is totally fine to, she'll check out Moses, but also down for whatever. She ruled and she just speaks so well and so confidently and it's just, it's good TV. And just to clarify, when she says she's currently married, she's separated from her husband. She married. Do we even know it's a husband? Or wife. Uh, no. She hasn't, no. she hasn't yet identified That's true. the okay. gender I, of I, her I apologise for making assumptions. Partner. She has separated from her partner. Um, now, in New Zealand, there's a two-year stand-down period between separation and divorce. She can't actually. So she's 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 a single woman. Hmm. Uh, but he's still a bit like, I don't know how I feel about that. It's like, mate, come on. Be chill. Be chill. You're on the freaking bachelor. If Do- she was like, I'm married and my partner doesn't know I'm here, that would be different. But also cool. <laughs> but also maybe But fine. I mean, honestly, if you're in a show where you're dating 18 people simultaneously, I don't think you have the right to judge about whether someone's like gone through the formal divorce proceedings <laughs> yet or not. Great shout. Okay, uh, there's the girl from Dunedin, I've forgotten her name. And then Annie from Queenstown, very adventurous. She goes... Monica. What's R- it? Richie Town. Oh, sorry. They're all really cool. It's not like a, you know, that normally these drops are like half duds. Yeah, yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm like half and half out on these guys. I, I just, it's it's really hard as an intruder, unless you're Richie from Lily's yeah. season. It's really hard to win over the existing cast in the house and also, you know, you obviously don't have as much time to, I don't know, make your case. <laughs> it's definitely really difficult, for sure, but I think that they have a decent shot at it by seemingly being personable and cool. One thing which I noticed in this, like particularly in the paddleboarding. Paddle so much paddleboarding, well, by the way. I know. It's just like obviously you've got a deal on some adventures, but you are really just shooting scenes. Like yeah. nothing actually happens in these things. No. They're literally going 50 metres off the boat. There is no material and you're just using it to pad time. Like, mm. like That's mm. the thing that's kind of frustrating about this like – Juicy El Cheapo season or double season is that you can really see the the kind of um, the scrimping because mm. they're just having to put it all on TV irrespective of whether anything at all happened. Mm, mm. So the girls, meanwhile, back at home are getting ready for what they think is some sort of a date, but actually it's, a, it's seemingly going to be a cocktail party. They're getting all doled up, wondering where they're going. Um, meanwhile, Moses is out meeting four new ladies on the boat and then the boat starts to come in to shore and the girls at the house get out a ridiculous number of binoculars, by the way. How many binoculars does one household need? It's, it's, uh, <laughs> that was very sort of like, 
you know, where did you get those from? <laughs> and how did you not guess that something was afoot when suddenly you all had binoculars? And then we um, we get Sam in particular, I think, um, leading the charge for, for <laughs> a mutiny, screaming out to the New York, like, we don't want you here! Which, in the initial package at the top of the show... Was was how they signaled drama, and that was the single moment. You're okay. Well, some real stuff comes out. Yeah. The fact that it was that is quite deflating because yeah. they're all so nice that you can imagine when the new ones arrive, it's not going to be any kind of. You remember when the the first drop of new in, of intruders came in during, you know, a season of the Bachelor. Maybe it was. Was it wasn't Zach Jordan's season? season. It was, I think it was Zach's season, and there was real divide. Yeah. Yeah. This just doesn't feel like these women are just... I think they were just going to welcome them with open arms. And the one person who is maybe... I feel like Sam's probably joking when she's yelling this out, but maybe there's a kernel of truth in it. But Lana's just like, no, Sam, no. And like she's immediately being reined in by the niceties of everything anyway. So, all right. And that's where we leave it, right? We're ready to to see the, the old and the new meet each other. The The season is in so much better place than it was you know, after four episodes where it looked like it was going to be an all-time dud. Like, at least there is some kind of unresolved issues with with Moses. And um, it's unfortunate they have gotten rid of probably five of the most interesting bachelorettes Mm. and not retained anyone to kind of cause trouble. But I think Suzanne might, you know, uh, be some kind of a new element for them to deal with. And uh, I'm I'm now pumped to watch the next Mm. episode, which I... Really wasn't anticipating. In uh, the most recent Bachelor US, see, well, actually, it's current. It's still we were in the last stages of it. But when the intruders arrived, it was like insane tension between the the OGs and the new girls. Um, I can't imagine it be anything like that. But I have a little kernel of hope. Maybe give us something, something, anything. Anyway, so next week he's hoping there's a lot of drama, but can't make any promises. We'll just have to wait and see. That's end of reality check, and we're just going to just sidle in, if you don't mind, to Colin's Cranny. Colin's Cranny. Colin's Cranny. Colin's Cranny. 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 Colin's Cranny. Okay, Colin's Cranny, I don't even know how this segment started, but it's basically just us talking about what Colin Mathura Jeffrey is up to online, and it has seemed to have just naturally swung towards him chatting about food. <laughs> Colin is the reality TV godfather. True. Present yeah. in so many shows and easily the best single thing that it has made. So that's why. Okay, that's the why. Uh, Colin Mathura Jeffrey, and that's the who, and this is the what. Okay, this is a post on Facebook. I think this is from his personal Facebook, but it's public, if you know what I mean. It's a public post, so anyone can see it, even if you're not friends with them. As a kid, I hated mayonnaise, but these days I'm obsessed with it. I choose food around using mayonnaise. Dunk hot chippies, too, as a healthy option. Every day is a picnic with mayonnaise, signed off as colonoscopy. <laughs> like, it was good, even up to that point. But this isn't just like colonoscopy, spelt with the colon, like the name. He's so good. Do you think this is just like one of his regular nicknames? I think he's just... He's trying something I mean, it'd be, it'd be wild if it wasn't, but also weird to not have seen it out in the wild in the wild before. Yeah, I have. I can relate to this post a lot because I was also, like, not a fan of mayonnaise as a child. Same. And now I love it. And I Same. also dunk chippies. 
Um, and I agree, every day is a picnic with big, with mayonnaise. It's, it's almost like big mayonnaise has gotten to, to Colin. That's what I wonder. Is this a best foods? We'll see. We'll see if we start seeing sponsored posts. I would be fine with it. It's very creative. But also mayonnaise is yum. Okay, quick, we have an update in Mexican Corner. I'm so excited. Play the song. Max Key was spotted by a corny having a lovely family dinner at Amano in downtown Auckland. So he is alive and in Auckland, and that's the news. Damn, that would be so cool seeing that. Yeah, uh, there was no other intel except for that seemed to be having a lovely time. <laughs> Who doesn't at lovely Amano? It was just a couple of weeks ago we were considering the fact that he may be a missing person, so it's nice to know, I guess, at least that he's not. Well, allegedly not. Allegedly not. That's true. I mean, it could be his kidnapper. It could be a kidnapper in the corner who's kidnapped Max Key and now creating false sightings. Genius. Okay, so the jury's out, basically. We don't know what's happening to Max. Love it, though. That's the end of our podcast. Thank you very much, Duncan. Thank you very much, Jonathan, for making this sound much better than it did when we sat in the room. And thank you guys for listening. Thanks to Spinoff members. Don't forget to apply for that social media manager job. Don't forget to listen to Remember When. And we will see you guys real soon. Or not. We won't see you. <laughs> really, really. God, I really. Sticking the landing. Goodbye. As usual. for lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spin-Off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. Kia ora e te iwi. Te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.